Hello, and welcome to another episode of Of Sound Health. Today I have the honor of speaking to Rebecca Ostel Clausen. She's an occupational therapist and has been providing Reiki for 25 years. She is a Reiki master trained in the Usui form of natural energy healing, shamanic Reiki, and holy fire Reiki. She is an entrepreneur initiating five successful private practices, including one with 375 occupational therapists, physical therapists, and speech language practitioners, servicing over 13,000 clients a year. Becky is delighted to be a fellow of the American Occupational Therapy Association. Rebecca is the award-winning author of the book, Changemaker, How My Brother's Death Woke Up My Life. In this book, she describes her discovery that she could communicate with her deceased brother, David, even though she had no psychic or spiritual awareness. Changemaker includes Rebecca's initial introduction to Reiki and her awareness that Reiki enhances afterlife communication. Rebecca trains OT practitioners, educators, and students how to use Reiki as part of our occupation practice, both in person and online. Rebecca has presented certificate-provided Reiki courses at the AOTA, that's the American Occupational Therapy Association, annual conference for five years, along with teaching Reiki at numerous universities. Her widely acclaimed Reiki Immersion Online program is taught each spring. Let's join with Rebecca right now. Hello, Rebecca. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad. That's great. That's so awesome. Hello. I'm so appreciative that you made the time to meet with us today. Oh, certainly. So should I want me to put do not disturb on now? Oh, yeah, that probably would be good. Okay. All right. Hold on. Okay. Uh, so let's begin with uh, you telling us your story, how you first got interested in OT and then mind body and spiritual communication or which came first and so forth and so on. So my uh, listeners can have an idea about your journey. Oh, great. Well, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me to present. I'm really totally delighted. This will be great fun. So Yay. what what happened to me was in 1995, um, my brother David passed and he passed of AIDS. And it was when thousands and thousands of people were dying of AIDS. And mm -hmm. About three years before he passed, we were walking in, uh, on the Coast Guard National Seashore in Cape Cod, and David had come out that he was gay uh, when he was in his early 20s, and so he, this was about like, early, he was in his early 30s, and so I just casually said to him, um, David, have you been tested for AIDS? And he turned away, and that was not what I expected. Now, um, he, he was four years younger than I, and so I was like in my mid-30s. And he um, turned back and said that he was HIV positive. And I didn't know what that meant. And I said, well, what's that mean? And he said, well, it turns into AIDS. And I was, I was dumbstruck, flabbergasted, of course, very sad. He was getting great medical care. Oh, and I my. said, what can I do? And he said, please don't tell anyone. Because at that point, people didn't know how you got it. And he didn't want to mm -hmm. be treated any differently. So anyway... What happened was I didn't have a support system and I found myself in bookstores then and I started reading New Age 
books, which I didn't even know what the word was, but I started reading about books on the afterlife. And so I shared some of these to David thinking that, well, maybe he might be still alive after he passed, mm-hmm. but I had no idea. So anyway, it was, he, he passed and about six weeks after he passed, I was riding my horse through a Christmas tree farm and I got the best present of my life. And my hat had been filled with grief. And it's a Boston accent, even though I live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I hear this Boston accent. So my hat's filled with grief. And I couldn't feel anything except for the grief. Except that day, it was a beautiful day. And I said, thank you, universe, for a beautiful day. And I closed my eyes. And there was my brother. Now, I was not psychic. I was not spiritual. I had never, ever, ever done anything like this, experienced anything like this, but he was in human form wearing a black and red plaid flannel shirt, dungarees and sandals. And I was absolutely thrilled. I started talking with him and realized I didn't have to talk. I could just sheer thought. And he was great. And I was great. And I looked to my right and there were my grandparents who had passed 10 years ago. There was Edward who had passed like six months ago. It was unbelievable. And there was my friend Holly who had passed 20 years ago and about two dozen other people. And the story goes on, but it was the first time that I believed that life was eternal. And so I went to look for a teacher. I thought, I have got to learn how to do this. And an OT friend of mine who was on my staff, she... um, I said, Becky, I met somebody that I I think you might like. And I said, well, who's that? And she said, well, it's a shaman. And I said, well, what's a shaman? And I (laughs) sort of had an idea, but I didn't really know. Uh No, I love this because at at that time and then that year and those years, shamanism was not the thing and there was not the internet or anything like that. That is absolutely correct. There was not the internet and you're absolutely correct. And so she says, well, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that shamans believe that everything natural has energy. And she also talks with people that have passed on. And I'm like, no kidding. And so I met with this woman, Nancy Ariel, and I apprenticed with her for three to six hours a week for a year. And she used Reiki. And so I was familiar with Reiki because of the experiences that I was learning. I learned how to talk with my brother, hundreds of spiritual entities and all sorts of wonderful experiences. And then there was a holistic workshop and it was being done by an OT named Dr. Michael Peasy. And Michael Peasy and I knew each other because he was president of the Delaware of the um, New York OT Association and I was president of the Delaware OT Association. So I thought, oh, if Michael's doing this state-of-the-art holistic conference in 1996, it must be all right. And at that conference, an OT named Anne Marie McClintock was teaching Reiki. And so Oh my goodness, it was just like a destiny for you to go through all these teachers. It was amazing. And the fact that they were OTs provided the validation that I needed because I knew I was getting a little far out, but it felt Mm -hmm. great. And so I learned Reiki and I learned Reiki from an OT that was Reiki level one. And then I went back and learned Reiki level two. And it took me about 10 years to, um, to really embrace the concepts. Cause I was like, now, really, what, what, what is going on here and how does this work? And I was feeling good and such. And mm-hmm. so after about 10 years, I became a Reiki master and and loved it and started teaching Reiki. And then I wrote a book because I wrote a book about the fact that I learned how to communicate with my brother. Now, 
I'd been pretty active within the American OT Association, and I was scared to publish this book. I thought people are going to think I have lost my mind. And so I waited 20 years, 20 years to publish this book. Oh, my. And that's what the profession like OT, that's a holistic OT. I mean, we do have as one of our contexts, the spiritual realm of the person. I mean, our client factors, you know. And so imagine if you, I mean, wow, I felt the same way. I mean, I really do feel like the dominance of the Western medicine has really, really impinged on our creativity and our ability to access these other realms of healing. Well, it did, but it, I don't really believe it is doing that now. And I, I knew at that point that OT did something with spirituality, but I had no idea. I had no idea. And so when I was writing this book, I thought maybe I should pull out the fact and not mention that I'm an OT because I didn't think it would be a good idea for people who read this book to think that all OTs talk to dead people. Like <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'd go to no tears. That would be the selling point. (laughs) But I went to an AOTA conference and I stood in front of a poster on spirituality. And I thought, oh my gosh, there is a place for me and what's happened with me. And at that point, I decided to submit a proposal to teach Reiki at AOTA annual conference. And it had never been taught before as far as the certificate provided Reiki level one course. And lo and behold, it got accepted. And so I'm like, whoa, this is like really exciting. And that was 2015. And then in 2016, I submitted another proposal to teach both Reiki level one and Reiki level two at AOTA. And that got accepted. And so for five years, I've been teaching Reiki at AOTA annual conference. And then in 2017, Duquesne University, which actually was the site where the woman who was um, doing the spirituality poster was from. And so they said, Becky, can you please teach our entire graduating students Reiki? And I'm like, yes, that would be great. And so they partnered with Um, the Pennsylvania OT Association. And within one weekend, there were 70 people that learned Reiki. And it's been, that's what's happened. And so I now have taught Reiki all over the country, tons of universities, tons of state conferences, including the Kentucky OT State Association annual conference. And which is my alma mater, Spalding. Yay. (laughs) Yay. It was great. And great fun. And it's just been a blast. And so it's been really, really exciting to share how occupational therapy practitioners and educators and students can use Reiki as part of our occupation-based practice. Well, I I mean, I am so proud to be an OT and especially hearing this, how they've embraced it, because I can't imagine a better way for self-care. Yes. I mean, bathing and washing our hair and dressing ourselves, doing a Reiki self-healing session every morning is probably one of the most powerful ways to start one's day as well. That is exactly correct. I totally agree. So when you became an OT... You had no idea about this. Your brother really was almost like a spiritual guide because he was the impetus when he came and spoke and visited with you in the forest that day in the in the tree, um, the Christmas tree when you were riding your horse. So when you first started this and, you know, you've been so embraced now since 2015, what can clients expect how it can be included in their session? Like, so 
someone came to you as an OT, and I know you're a, a wonderful businesswoman, and like you're, um, the listeners heard in your bio, you've had private practices with several OTs and speech therapists and PTs. How can they expect it to enhance the experience of OT? Well, thanks. I, I love talking about this. First of all, I always, um, I always ask everybody to get the permission. We always need to get the permission from our clients. And it's sort of like, how do we describe OT? It's like, how do you describe Reiki? And so <laughs> uh, the way I recommend people do it is, of course, to speak from their heart. But a way to do it is to say Reiki is considered a biofield energy modality. And that is sort of the scientific term that's being used these days. But if that's like too scientific, another way to say it is Reiki uses our own natural energy healing in order to help heal ourselves. And so, for example, Mrs. Jones, if you would be interested in having Reiki, what it would be is that your own energy would be providing healing. And so most of the time people say yes. And what's happening is it's so exciting because the um, American OT Association since 2005 has had a document, the Commission on Practice document that said it's appropriate for complementary modalities to be part of our occupation-based service. And these Commission on Practice documents get reviewed every five years. And so the current document is um, uh, was published and approved by the Representative Assembly in 2016 and then published in the official documents of the American OT Association in 2017. And it's called Occupational Therapy and Complementary Health Approaches and Integrative Health. And that's the document that says that it's appropriate for us to provide complementary modalities, including things like Reiki, Tai Chi, yoga, um, therapeutic touch, healing touch, all of that as part of our occupation-based uh, treatment, as long as it's so it's within our yes, domain. It's within our domain. And as long as we're trained and we can use it in preparatory activities, um, occupations, skills, and activities. So you can use it for preparation, occupation, activities, and skills. And it's really fun. So when I teach it, I recommend that we only use it for like 25 to 30% of our treatment mm -hmm. session. So if the treatment session is like 30 minutes, it's usually about seven minutes of Reiki max is what I recommend. Mm -hmm. And it's been received extremely well. It's really been very, very good. And so can you tell us some stories like uh, the, of uh, how it helps diminish pain in your clients, either personal or research that you know of or improve sleep. I mean, those are the things I've, I've heard of. And maybe our listeners would like to know, you know, some that you've had in your own clinical experience. Sure. And I'm going to give you the, the best one, at least in my opinion, oh. <laughs> is there is a 2019 Harvard affiliate affiliated study published in the Journal of Complementary and Alternative uh, Medicine. And it's, it's called a large scale study. And it involved 1,411 subjects across the United States um, that received a single session of Reiki by 99 Reiki masters all trained at the same site. And so you've got 1,411 people 
all across the United States receiving one session of Reiki, they have discovered statistically significant reduction in pain, stress, anxiety, nausea, shortness of breath, and an increase in well-being. And so that's the type of study we need, which is really very exciting. Oh my goodness, I just got chills. That is the most powerful, powerful, I mean, that's like a huge group. I mean, a thousand people. Yep, 1,400. Yeah, it's 1,411. Yeah, that's good. And that's really good. Wow. I love that. I love that story. So this gets rolled into the treatment plan. And do you teach them how to then like do their own little self-healing at home? Like you give them a home exercise program, like how they can sit quietly and maybe integrate Reiki a little, uh, you know, a little bit throughout the day in their self-care? Yes. And so it, it depends, it depends what the um, diagnosis is. It depends why we're doing this, but Reiki works excellently with reducing pain. Like that's the, a major reason for using Reiki. So it, redu- it works great with pain for pain relief for cancer. It's very, very good with cancer. Um, hip fractures, arthritis, broken bones, works really well with migraines and headaches, um, stress and anxiety, Parkinson's, like chronic and acute illness, uh, even mild dementia. There's a cool study with Alzheimer's and people that have mild to moderate um, Alzheimer's have done very well when they... um, have received Reiki. And what's been happening or what one of these studies um, did is that they provided actually Reiki energy to the uh, person who has Alzheimer's hands. And so every time the person with Alzheimer's placed their hands on themselves, they were able to receive the healing benefits of Reiki. And they found a good reduction in sort of like overt behaviors, a um, the yeah, agitation yeah. that they usually yes, have. Yes, it's good. Oh, and so it's even, it wow. works really well also with children. And with children, because I had a big practice in um, pediatrics. And so I, I was not like a big proponent of providing um, Reiki to, to in the school systems. It gets a little tricky. Reiki's not religious. It's considered spiritual. But I always, always, always say, if you're going to provide Reiki to children. First, you need the parent's permission, then you need the child's permission. And if you're doing it in the schools, you definitely need the OT director's position and also the director of special ed. Like you definitely want to get all, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's permission. All the boxes 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 checked, but it works really well with children with autism and ADHD. So it's been, it's been very, very exciting. You know, on this subject though, usually when I talk about the different diagnoses and such, I also talk about the fact that Reiki is energy. You know, it's our own natural healing energy that we have. And our body is composed of energy. We don't call it energy. But like when we think of a EKG, an electrocardiogram, that measures the beat of the heart. And what that is, is measuring the energy of the heart. But we don't call it energy, but that's what it is. Like if we think of an EKG, an electrocardiogram, That's measuring the energy of our brain waves. We don't call it that. We call it a CAT scan. If we think of an MRI, you know, that's measuring the the health and the 
disease of the tissues, the nerves, the muscles. Mm -hmm. It's measuring the energy. And so we have energy within us. And when we're providing Reiki, we're providing natural energy healing from the universe because there's a component of Reiki that says that there's something beyond our earthly existence. It's not just us here on earth. There's something broader than humanity, whether you want to call it God or Allah or the universe or the divine or source or whatever you want to call it. There is something. And so what, what, what the philosophy with Reiki is, is Reiki is unconditional love. And love is the strongest emotion of all. And so we're able to bring that universal love through us as the Reiki practitioner into the client. And it's the client's own body that does the healing. It's not us. All we are is an empty bamboo rod that is, that is um, sharing, that is funneling that energy into the client. It's the client's own body that does the healing, which is very empowering for the client, because they could say, oh, that was a great Reiki session. And we say, it's you that is doing your own healing. And so it's so empowering for the client to know that it's their healing process that they are doing. It's really exciting. Now, talking about empowerment, does have you used this with people for mental health, like depression or anxiety it, then? Because I would think that would be super Yeah, it, it does work very well. It can get... It can get, it depends what the, what the mental health issue is. Um, with schizophrenia, it, I think it's a little tricky because there's a little mm -hmm. bit of a challenge of what's real and what's not real and who am I and all mm -hmm. of that. But mm -hmm. with depression, it works very nicely. With um, stress and anxiety, it works really well. You know what's a cool um, modality or a cool issue that's happened is that um, the Joint Commission, and the Joint Commission is the accrediting body for most of the medical facilities like hospitals and uh, outpatient clinics and home health and things like that. So the Joint Commission is, um, has made a mandate as of January 1st, 2018, that all hospitals that are Joint Commission accredited must have a non-pharmacological option for pain because of the significant opioid epidemic. And so the examples that the Joint Commission provides are relaxation therapy. And that is exactly what Reiki does. It provides relaxation. And so as OTs, we can provide uh, Reiki to people that have opioid addictions, to the families that are stressed because of that, to their friends, to staff. And it really has been very exciting to, to uh, be able to facilitate this Joint Commission mandate by providing Reiki to people that have opioid addictions. Oh, and it takes care of so much need. I mean, the opioid addictions is terrible. And like you said, a lot of reasons these people are approaching opioids is they're at a point of helplessness. And, and if you feel empowered and you realize you have the capacity to lower your pain yourself, I can't imagine a better yes, thing than Reiki. I totally agree. Totally agree. And then also, like you say, once you feel that you have the capacity for self-care, the rest just falls yes, into place. Yes, it does. And there's so much empowerment in that because... The, a concept, a major concept of Reiki is that we are, we are very important. And it's, it took me a couple of years to really wrap my head around this. Next one, 
Reiki feels that we are perfect the way we are, which is really quite a statement. We are perfect the way we are. You know, we're always striving to be better and to accomplish these goals and to do all these things. But if we're perfect the way we are, then we're here on earth to live our soul's purpose. And Reiki facilitates that. And it facilitates our, in, our love for ourselves because we're connected. We're connected to all. And we, our individual bodies, our individual minds and souls are the most important. Because if we can take care of ourselves first, then we can easily and clearly take, help take care, take care of others. I think that for health professionals too, uh, learning this from you is so empowering because then their the self care. You know, AOTA has a statement paper on how important professional yes. wellness is, and I and you know and this reflects it so beautifully. I'm so excited, and you have courses on spiritual communication and Reiki. Could you tell us a little bit about what what you offer? So as a health professional, we can you know, pursue uh, learning these things for ourselves oh, and our so patients. Kind. Thanks, Sabrina. Um, I, I teach Reiki at, well, as I said, at AOTA, at universities. And with COVID, I decided to um, offer what I call Reiki Immersion Online. And so I teach one day uh, Reiki Level 1 course. And Reiki Level 1, it's, it's, it's exactly like I teach it online, uh, in person, but I've, tra I've transferred it online. And so I teach these six hour one day courses that, that work. And so Reiki level one is where our Reiki energy gets activated because we all have it. And so it gets activated during Reiki level one. And then we have multiple three or four experiential one-to-one -one sessions where people learn to receive and give Reiki to multiple partners on a one-to-one -one basis. And it's very validating because you give Reiki to, to a partner like I just did Reiki immersion online and we had 74 people in the Reiki level one class. We had 37 breakup oh, wow. rooms because each it was oh my goodness, but how much opportunity it was to practice great. Too. And so each breakout room had two people and one person received Reiki and the other person shared Reiki. And they did that for five or seven minutes because that's, you know, we're OTs and not everybody was an OT, but there was mm -hmm. quite a number of people that were OTs. And so I teach Reiki that we can, we can use it and learn it fast. And then after the person received and shared, then they would discuss it. So they'd have, you know, a couple of minute discussion. And then the person that received then shared it and, or then, then they gave it. The person that received then gave it. And so they switched partners, but it was the same partner in the same breakout room. And so they changed roles and then they discussed it again. And then we all discuss it as a group. And we do that three or four times. And so at the end of one day, the first thing that happens is you learn self-healing. And so the, everybody who attends learns how to heal themselves and how to heal others. And that's Reiki one. And then the next day, because I, I think the ideal way to learn Reiki is in two days because our mind gets in the way. We're like, now really, is this really mm -hmm. happening? Is this really correct? Can I really see this reduction <laughs> in pain? Which you do, because 
all these people have the same, you know, very similar responses. Well, I used to have a pain and I didn't tell you, but my pain went away after you gave me Reiki. I mean, it happens time and time and time again. It's really quite something. So on day two, that's where you learn why Reiki works. And so you learn about the Reiki symbols and you learn why it works and you learn about long distance healing plus complementary modalities. And then Reiki master is when, like I require for my Reiki master class that people have at least six months experience plus a one-to-one interview with me in order to just make sure that they really are ready to embrace the Reiki concepts. And so they learn how to give, they get another attunement. They learn how to activate their, um, they get their own energy activated at a higher level at a Reiki master level. Plus they learn how to activate other people's energy. They learn how to people um, in the Reiki master class learn how to, um, provide training, how to teach other people Reiki. Plus they learn how to set up, um, they learn how to set up Reiki programs, either in a medical facility, community-based community -based program or their own private practice. Plus they learn advanced clinical techniques. So all that happens in a three-day period. It's Reiki one is on a Saturday, Reiki two is on a Sunday. And then the following week, um, is Reiki master on a Saturday. And it's a, it's a six contact hour class that is approved by the National Board of Certification for OT, which is totally awesome. So you get six contact hours for attending each one of the classes. That is so fantastic and such a great way for self-care and yeah, professional it's, it's development. Awesome. And so then in the fall, what happens in the fall is that I do a seven week after death communication course. And that is for people that are really want to learn how to communicate with their deceased loved ones. And in that course, I recommend, I say, you know, you may want to consider Reiki because Reiki enhances our vibrational abilities and facilitates communication with the afterlife. And I was so excited because I, well, I taught this class um, online for the first time, seven week class this past fall. And uh, in a post-class survey, I think we had like 54 attendees. I think that's what it was. Um, in everybody that responded to the survey, there was 100% of the respondents said that they believe they can receive and share communication with their loved ones. And so the success of these programs has been really, really exciting. I am so enthralled with that. That is fantastic. And especially because like people like you who've had this experience, you know, it's real and you're facilitating this for other people to feel like, okay, I was not imagining these things. I was not hallucinating. There is other people out there and there is like a systematic way to enhance yes, communication. That is exactly it. Exactly. Cause see when, when people pass, we're the I mean, if you, if you believe that we live eternally, so that's, you know, that's sort of the first step is that you want to believe that we do uh, live eternally. We're spiritual beings living a physical existence. And like I give all sorts of rationales and examples and thoughts and concepts and videos and all that jazz to help people understand that we are just living a temporary existence. And the idea is that we only use words, we primarily only use words on earth, because when we pass, everything is, is thought. 
you know, it's a knowing, it's a, it's a conceptual awareness. And that's what happened that first time mm-hmm. when I was talking with my brother, I started talking with him and I realized within a second, I didn't have to talk. I could just send thought and everything was shared in, in a second. It was really quite something. And I'd never, ever, ever, ever done that. And so I studied it for 20 years before I came out of the closet and decided to, uh, share the fact that I'm an OT and that I teach Reiki and I also teach after death communication and it's been received really well. I, I thought I was going to be professionally ostracized, but. Oh, I think I'm so proud of OT and AOTA OTs and AOTA to embrace you because I mean, like I said, I am so uh, thrilled to have someone like you to lead the way for us talking about that and inspire AOTA's uh, associations conference this year starting this month in april you're going to be giving a, a sound healing concert and as well reiki right what what are you doing tell us a little bit about what you're, you're how you're participating with inspire is, which is well, such a perfect all, name it is a great <laughs> conference and there's um there's a it's called crowd compass crowd compass is the app and it's a wonderful app to get on your phone you can do your whole schedule it's the whole, the conference is going on throughout the entire month of April and it is fantastic. It's really quite exciting. And so a, a couple of months ago, AOTA calls me up and like I've done, I mean, they know that I do sound healing and Reiki because I've taught it there for five years and all my Reiki classes have sound <laughs> healing. So this lovely lady, um, Felicia Gibbs, she calls me up and she said, Hey, Beck, can you, would you be interested in doing a sound healing and energy uh, meditation for Wellness Wednesday? And so throughout the month of April, which is OT month, they're having Wellness Wednesday sessions. And so on April 14th from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to be doing a, um, a, an hour of sound healing. There's three different instruments that I use, and I also use them in Reiki. And then I end with a, um, a guided meditation. And so it's a guided meditation where people enjoy the relaxation and the, um, and the calmness and the peacefulness of, of themselves. And so that's guided and it's, it's really going to be fun. And it was, it's, so that's happening. Oh, that sounds so exciting. That sounds so exciting. So just briefly, um, to remind everyone the the, the one day immersions they can access those yep. online with you yep. uh, at a set schedule or do they just email you and say hey well e- you know can i join one. It's, it's called reiki immersion i m m e r s i o n reiki immersion online and you can mm-hmm. find it online you just have to put reiki immersion online or you can put my name with reiki or whatever and it'll come up or people can um, email me and it's my emails, Becky, B-E-C-K-Y at, and then my name, Rebecca Austell which I realize is quite the mouthful. So it's Becky, B-E-C-K-Y at R-E-B-E-C-C-A-A-U-S-T-I-L-L-C-L- a-U-S-E-N.com. And so they can just email me or my website's the same. It's RebeccaRostelClausen.com. And I've got a variety of OT and Reiki things on my website and videos and podcasts and inspirational quotes and products and all sorts of things. Yeah, so it's kind of, they can visit <laughs> with you basically there. <laughs> 
And then for lastly, what is the name of your book so everyone can rush out and they can buy it, they can order it from oh, Barnes yes. and Noble, and you know Amazon, what the coolest thing is? So the name of the book is Change Maker: How My Brother's Death Woke Up My Life. So it's Change Maker: How My Brother's Death Woke Up My Life. So I published. Mm-hmm. I I had a big huge practice which I sold specifically to market this book because I just didn't think it would be a good idea for me to be running this business and talking to dead people at the same time. I just didn't think that was very good. So I (laughs) sold this whole business. I was waiting to be professionally ostracized, but I just decided I, I had waited enough time and I had gained the courage to be able to publish this. And we were in the I get it published with She Writes Press, which is a great, great group. So we were, my husband and I are visiting all the national parks and we're in the whole rainforest, which we have a rainforest in the United States. It's part of Olympic National Park in the state of Washington. And I was looking at my phone and it said, congratulations, Changemaker has just won three national book awards. Can you please come to the Book Expo of America in New York City and pick them up? And I thought, holy mackerel, this is fantastic. Because what Changemaker talks about is that first year when my brother passed, I learned how to talk with him, went to an AOGA conference, there's a funny chapter about that, and uh, sort of didn't have a filter at the time. And it was, um, it's really been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful journey. It's been very, very magical and quite, quite empowering and lovely to talk to people like you and to teach Reiki to, to medical professionals. It's, it's just been a blast. Well, I am just so happy and thankful that you're so generous with your time, with teaching, with showing up on this podcast and other podcasts. I mean, you really are a blessing to our profession and to the world. So I, I thank you so much. Now, uh, most of our guests, sometimes we ask them just to give us like a little parting gift, like a little one minute or three minute uh, short little meditation or sound healing, whichever you prefer, or, or a tip, a way that we can start integrating, you know, some of these peaceful mind body concepts into our life. All right, um, great. So it's, it's have a, at it. I, I would love to do, let's do a guided meditation. And so I encourage okay. everybody, if you will, and I always say, anytime I'm, I'm talking, I always say, if what I say does not feel right, do whatever you like, because it's your life and your journey. So I'm going to encourage you to uncross your arms and uncross your legs and ideally close your eyes if that feels good. And take a nice deep breath and breathe in peace and release any type of stress you may have. Breathe in joy and release any type of nervousness that you may feel. And then breathe in love. Breathe in love for OT, love for yourself, love for the world, love for Sabrina. Breathe in love for your family and friends. And surround yourself with beautiful white love. Feel the love going all through your body. Feel the love going around you. It's on top of you, on either side of you, underneath your feet. You're cocooned in love. Now, if you will, place your hands on your heart. Keep breathing nice and deeply and nice and slowly and send love to your beautiful self. 
Keep breathing beautiful peace and harmony and releasing any type of stress that you may feel as you breathe in love. Surround yourself with the love, feel the love traveling gently, slowly, all throughout your body, filling all your pores, all your spaces with love. Because you are love and you are loved. You are the most important being on this earth. Allow yourself to feel the love that you deserve. And then slowly take your hands away from your heart. Keep breathing nice and slowly and nice and deeply. And then with what I call soft eyes, just slowly open your eyes. No need to pop them open, but slowly open your eyes and come on back. Come on back. Feel that love remaining with you. And if you find yourself a little bit maybe up in the clouds, I encourage you to ground yourself. And so maybe while you're sitting in place, march. March with your feet pressed very hard to the floor. Lift up your right leg and press it to the floor and your left leg and press it to the floor and keep marching. And this brings us back, it grounds us back in our earthly reality. So now that you're grounded, continue to still feel the love. And I thank you so very much for asking me to do this. It's really been a lovely time talking with you. Oh, Rebecca, it's just been so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Remember right. to turn your phone back to do not, do not disturb. Thank you. <laughs> so that you, so your friends and family can get a hold of you, even though they probably will telepathically. You still, every now and then, you're great. The That's a wonderful concept. Thank you. Oh, a big hug. Thank you. And I so look forward to your classes. That's and awesome. I'm going to go get your book Thank right you now. Thank you very much. And lots of love to Bye. you and to all the listeners. Thank you a lot. Thank you very much. Have a happy day. Lots Thank of you. Love. Thank you for listening today. Of Sound Health will post new episodes every Monday. Start your week by exploring and experiencing new and beautiful approaches to enhance your everyday well-being. To continue the conversation, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player or app. Until next week. Music.